Lord, your love never gives up on us. And Lord, we pray that you would rescue us from this past week and this past month and this past year and that you would truly let us start anew today, that we would have an opportunity to to start things over with you and with all of our neighbors here today in our community and all of those people that we've struggled with. Lord, may this be uh, a moment of washing away and uh, renewal. We pray this in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. Please have a seat and take a look at this. Okay, it's enough. All right, that's good enough. All right. You get the idea. So um, uh, the, <laughs> I always, I always thought, I'll never be one of those pastors that shows endless pictures of my kids and talks all about my kids all day long. But I got to tell you, it's, it's hard to not when you see that. And I know that I'm the person in the room that I'm the only, probably the only person that thinks that is cute, that's as cute as I do think that is. Um, but that was a cool video to me because it showed a really important moment in the life of my daughter, Olivia. It showed the moment when she started to walk. And after she started to walk, she would never stop walking again. For the rest of her life, she would be a person who would walk. And maybe for decades, I mean, God willing, of course, but for decades and possibly a century, she would continue to walk. So let's listen to the words of Mark that are now telling us about a moment in the life of Jesus. It's a snapshot that is probably just as important to God as uh, that moment was for me seeing Olivia walk. It's a very, very key and critical moment in the life of Jesus. Let's listen to the words of Mark. Mark chapter 1, verses 4 through 11. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of the repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all of Jerusalem came out to see him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. And now John was clothed with camel's hair and he had a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. Great diet, by the way, if you're looking for a good diet. Locusts and wild honey. There's your New Year's diet. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son. With you, I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord, and all God's people said, thanks be to God. Amen. Now, this past Christmas, before this past Christmas, I had the opportunity to celebrate my grandmother's 95th birthday, just up the road from here. And it felt like the whole, the whole not Judean countryside, but the whole San Gabriel Valley countryside came into this 95th birthday party, and all of Los Angeles and, and it was not like the baptisms that happened at the Jordan River that day because, in a sense, people weren't really confessing their own sins. They were just confessing my grandmother's sins in front of everybody else. Not her sins, but they were just telling all the secrets of her life that we had never heard of before. And one of the secrets that was told was of a 14-year-old girl 
Can you imagine so many years ago, 1935? She was 14 years old. And, and she was at the local pool. And I don't know if you've ever played this game when you were swimming as a kid. Did you ever play the game where you would try to see how far you could swim underwater? And maybe you'd try with other people. Well, she did it on her own. She, it was an L-shaped pool. And she started on the small part of the L. And she said, I'm going to swim this little part of the L and see if I can do it. And she did. She got out and talked to the lifeguard and said, uh, by the way, can I ask you how far is it from that part of the L to that part of the L? And they, he said, he told her how far it was. And then she went back and she swam, the, this time, the long part of the L. And she swam the long part of the L. And uh, she got out and talked to the lifeguard. And she said, how far was it on the, that long part of the L? And he told her how far it was on that long part of the L. You're thinking this is a joke. It's not. So then... My grandmother swam the entire part of the L, and she got out and asked the lifeguard again, how far is it from this part of the L all the way around to the, other, to the very end of the L-shaped pool? And he said, well, wait a second. Why are you asking? And she said, because I just swam that distance underwater. And he said, that's impossible, because if you swam that distance underwater, you just set the world record for underwater swimming. And she said, well, I did. And how far is it? He said, it's 303 feet. And he said, would you be able to do it again? (laughs) And she said, sure, if you want me to. So he brought out his manager, and she got in the pool, and the pool was crowded full of people. So her little sister was running alongside of the pool as she was doing, asking people not to kick my grandma as she was swimming underwater. And sure enough, she swam the world record distance by 40 feet as a 15-year-old girl just having fun at the pool one day. And she became part of this incredible, uh, there was something called the Billy Rose Aquacade. Do you remember there was a guy named Johnny Weissmuller that was part of, uh, he, was, he was the original Tarzan. The original Tarzan wasn't cartoon. This was like the most buff guy back in the day, Johnny Weissmuller. He was an incredible swimmer. He was an Olympic swimmer. And he did this show with the, uh, we know what an Aquacade is, right? Uh, water dancing. You guys, you know, you see it on Comedy Central all the time. You know what water dancing is, right? Come on, who, who doesn't know what I'm talking about here? So, so the water dancing was a serious thing back then. And they would have this big water show and all this water dancing. And then at the end of the show, they would have my grandmother come out and she would swim the world record distance again. And she would uh, come out. And as she came out, all these people would scream and cheer as she came out. The reason they were so excited, the reason the manager was so excited, the reason the lifeguard was so excited, and they were all prompting this 15-year-old girl to do it again and again and again so other people could see it, is because they knew what they were seeing was something that had possibly, potentially, never happened before in the history of the world. This was a huge moment, and they were there for it. And when we look at this scripture, we are peering over the shoulder of the apostles as they see this event take place which potentially never happened before it definitely never happened before in the history of the world when jesus came out of the water see okay hold on when jesus went into the water he was just like a normal guy he was just he was just you know your run-of-the-mill person coming to the jordan to be baptized by john it seems that everybody in the whole countryside was doing that right and all of jerusalem was coming to be baptized by john no big deal But when he stepped out of the water that day, I can guarantee you that everybody there knew that they had seen something far beyond the ordinary. Because when he had come up out of that water, the heavens tore apart. And this weird visage of some kind of dove-like, we can't even, the best, best it describes it to us is this dove thing 
of the Holy Spirit comes down upon Jesus and a voice comes from heaven that says, this is my son, the beloved with whom I am well pleased. Now, if you want to ever talk to someone about this weird concept that we have of the triune God, and this may be the first time that you've ever heard of it, this concept that that we worship a triune God, a God who is one God, but has three distinct parts. It's very confusing, and honestly, there's no one who really gets it. There's no one who really completely understands this, this thing of the triune God. But we get a glimpse into it, and it's this scripture from which that theology is derived. Because we do see that there is a voice coming from heaven, and this voice appears to be the father of Jesus. Because this voice is saying, this is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. And Jesus oftentimes refers to God the Father. And then you see this Holy Spirit, this distinct Holy Spirit coming down upon Jesus. And then you see Jesus Christ, who is God as well, being baptized. Now, Jesus Christ didn't have any sins to confess when he went to the River Jordan that day. He wasn't... He wasn't needing to unload his burdens. He, he was actually receiving a baptism that was recognizing who he was. That was recognizing how pure he was, how beautiful he was, how perfect his life was. But more than that, Jesus actually was showing the world the beauty of his relationship as part of that triune God. His beauty of his relationship with God the Father. And as you look at that relationship with God the Father, you can't help but yearn to have that kind of relationship. Because as much as we would like our parental relationships to be perfect, we all have to admit that that our dads aren't perfect, our moms aren't perfect, the people who parent us in life are not perfect. But this relationship was perfect. This relationship was beautiful. And and the parent in this relationship, the parent of Jesus Christ, says, This is my son, the beloved, with whom I am, with you I am well pleased. Is that approval that, that we yearn for from the people that we admire the most? But Jesus Christ receives that approval. Because he deserves it. Because it's an actual recognition of who he is. And all the people standing on the bank that, must, that day must have looked and said, you know, that's great for Jesus, but I'll never have that. I don't deserve that. See, that's a love that only is reserved for Jesus Christ. And I know that I can never have that. And you know what? They'd be pretty much right. They'd be absolutely correct. But that's... What Jesus did for us on the cross. And when you see the depth of the relationship, the love that God, the Father, had for the Son. You realize the level of sacrifice that was involved when Jesus was sacrificed. When Jesus died on the cross. And when you see the level of perfection and the level of beauty of Jesus Christ and his love with God and his union with God. You recognize the injustice, the horrible, disgraceful injustice of Jesus' dying on the cross. He was perfect. Yet, his death is the reason that we have been welcomed into life. I shouldn't end there. It's not just his death. It's his resurrection. It's his conquering of death that welcomes us into a relationship 
where we can receive that same baptism. When Jesus was raised from the dead, Scripture tells us that he appeared to his, appeared to his disciples. I get choked up when I talk about this. He appeared to his disciples and he breathed on them. Another word for the Holy Spirit is the breath of God, the ruach. He breathed on them and said, receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Receive this blessing, this baptism of the Holy Spirit. And go and baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. See, Jesus Christ was telling us that this love is a love that we are not to keep to ourselves. For every empty chair that is here on Sunday, I imagine a person who was not invited or a person that doesn't know that there's a seat here for them every single Sunday, and it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts that there's people out there that are standing on the bank of the River Jordan in their life, and they see only the negativity, only the perilousness, only the fear, only the loneliness. And yet they are welcomed into a community that gives life. And a community that is extraordinary. And a community of people, and I was listening earlier today, there was all this beautiful conversation going on in the lounge. We have this great ministry fair of sorts, but it's not the ministries that, that are originating in this church. They're the ministries we get to bless because we have the opportunity to through the foundation of this church. And I heard all those voices, and I... I, I assumed that most of those people, and it's probably true, were baptized. And that they were people celebrating the community that they had been welcomed into. I, I remember talking to my grandma this last week, and one of the things she said about she said about that world record time is that they would always bring guys in to try to beat her world record at the Aquacade. And they never would, because they would come in and do these strokes. They would try to, to try to one stroke after another, one stroke after another. She said they would burn up all the oxygen in their body and so they would never make it. And she said the secret to it, to to making this world record, was to let the water do the work. Was to to glide through the water. To allow the water to propel her forward. She even talked about one time and actually multiple times, she said, when she was swimming underwater and her sister always ran alongside her. I thought that was really beautiful. Her sister Marjorie would run alongside her to make sure she was okay. And one time she stopped, she stopped swimming. And she knew that her sister was in trouble. My grandma said, when you pass out underwater, there's a couple stages that, that take place. And she was just so determined that she would just go ahead and pass out. That was just her style. That's why she's 95, right? That's why, that's why we're planning for her 100th birthday. She said, first, you lose your sight. Actually, before that, she said, there's this pain that happens in the base of your skull. And if you can get beyond that pain, then you lose your sight. And after you lose your sight, then you lose your hearing. At which point you know that you're going to pass out, she said. And the firemen and all the paramedics, she said it would make a much better show if they would pull her out of the water. But the firemen and the paramedics would would pull her out of the water and put the oxygen mask back on her. But you see, a lot of us are down there beneath the surface, and we've got a whole entire crew standing on the surface of the water saying, I'm going to pull you out of there. 
That's what we talk about when we say, I choose life. I choose life. It's about not being so stubborn that we're going to stay under the water and choose death and our own whatever it is that keeps us down there. See, God is welcoming us to the surface and saying, I'm going to fill you with oxygen. I'm going to fill you with life. There's a whole entire life up here that it's so worth so much more than what you're trying to attain down there. And that's what Jesus welcomes us into. He welcomes us into a life, a full life, a life of community and love. And the other thing is that this baptism is not a temporary thing. See, the baptism that we're welcomed into, I think, is a lot like my little daughter who learns to walk. You see, once she learns to walk, she never wants to go back to crawling again. Once she's experienced that, that kind of life, vitality in her life, she never wants to go back to crawling again. Instead, she is a person forever marked as someone who walks, God willing, again. But you know what I'm saying. So if you haven't been baptized, I want you, I want to welcome you now. And encourage you to take that step. And, and that step also requires that our church, and also all Christian churches, for you to become a member. That, that, that's what it means to become a member of the body of Christ. You think membership is, again, something that was invented at the YMCA. It's not. Membership was invented that day when people started baptizing others and welcoming them into the body of Christ, the membership. It actually refers to the digits on your hands, the things, the, the members of your body. Do we still refer to that way? Or the, this is the member of my body. That's what it refers to. And so when you become baptized, by default, you become a member. And if you are a baptized person and you're not enjoying the full life of membership in a church, I encourage you to join all of the rest of us who are very broken and none of us deserve the awesome, awful grace that God bestows to us and pours out on us. But kind of like that rain today, I was reminded of a time in college when, when it was raining cats and dogs. And I was staying inside and it was a remarkable rain, the amount of rain that was coming from the sky. I turned to my friends and I said, what are we doing inside? We need to be outside. And so we ran outside and we were drenched. But the feeling of being washed by that rain was the best feeling in the world. Not being afraid of getting wet. Not being afraid of what would come. We do have to overcome our fears. Overcome the things that we have been taught in order to experience life to its fullest. But again, once you experience it, you will never go back again. Let's pray as the band comes up here. Lord Jesus, we do pray that you would rescue us from our own stubbornness, that your hands would come down into the water and rescue us from what otherwise would be certain death, God. We pray for our neighbors. We pray for those people who do not know that that the words that you want to speak to us are not words of judgment and not words of of condemnation, but the words that you speak to us when you rescue our broken bodies, our distorted minds, our, our ruined lives, the words you say to us and you say to us clearly are, I am well pleased. Not because we deserve it, Lord, but because you are that good, that you love us that much and that it, we can never forget, Lord, 
May, us never, may we never forget the price that was paid so that that could be received by us. So Lord, let us be washed by your water. Let us be renewed and restored. And let us live fully from this day forward. Amen.